Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners. Maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you ask yourself if you're really a runner. Either way, welcome to episode 94. So, how are you? I'm great. I just got back from spring break in Denmark. I had a great time. I stayed in my mom's old apartment and I felt her presence, although she's been gone for six months now. I got to visit her at the cemetery every day. I would end my runs there. It was very special. And I'm so glad I made a point out of going back to Denmark. So good. I also want to say thank you all for leaving ratings, all five stars. Seriously, you all, thank you so much. Keep them coming, please. So today we're talking about a topic I think many runners can relate to. I see so many runners wondering about what to do after they run their long-awaited race. For, For example, their first half marathon, and then wonder what to do next. Runners who are returning from a hiatus from running, wanting to race again. So let's talk about how to sustain your running habit after you cross the finish line. First, let's talk about what made you train and run the race in the first place. The dream of completing the race, right? Maybe it was a goal you shared with a friend or for yourself. But this race gave you a focus to get up for or out the door for. Basically, it gave you a reason for altering your behavior from not running, or maybe a pattern of inconsistent running, to training for something and completing it within a specific time frame, usually 12 to 20 weeks, depending on the training plan. And then you cross the finish line, after the 13.1 miles or 26.2 miles or the 10K or what have you. And a few days into the recovery, you realize you don't have a training plan to follow anymore, which may make you feel either elated or empty inside. Does this sound familiar? Do you recognize yourself in this description, runner friend? If you do, I'm here to tell you, you're not alone. I have a very distinct memory from when the pandemic first broke out. If you're not listening in real time, which is 2023, I'm talking about the coronavirus. Anyways, everywhere on social media, I saw runners posting about the point of running anymore. Like, what's the point when we can't race now that most all races have been canceled? Were you one of them? I remember thinking that for these runners, the habit of running was associated with a race, with 
a race in the future. The race goal drove their reason for running. Does this make sense? So when races disappeared, their reason for running disappeared as well. Similarly, the runner I described at the beginning of the episode feels a lack of reason for continuing to run once the finish line has been crossed. Or you may be a runner who's a serial racer, running races monthly or more often even. Obviously, this provides ample reason for training then. But what if you don't want to be tied to a race, yet still want to sustain your running habit? How do you go about doing that? That's what we'll talk about today. I currently average 30 miles a week. I don't have any races on the calendar at all. So I want to talk about the possibility of doing this if this is what you're interested in. So I think you'll be most content and successful if you spend some time being introspective first. Like most people, you might have only ever connected to a goal around running, but never a purpose for running. I've talked about purpose or your why on the podcast before, and I think it makes a tremendous difference to runners who know theirs. A little simplified, you can think of it this way. A goal is an external motivator for doing something where a purpose on your or your why is an internal motivator for running that ties you to your core values and beliefs. Connecting to your purpose empowers you to overcome obstacles that would otherwise become your excuses. When you have an intrinsic reason that drives you, showing up becomes less negotiable. I don't want to say it becomes easier, although it does in the sense that being anchored in your why is like having made a predetermined decision which simplifies a lot of choices ahead. Let me give you an example. Three years ago, I decided to stop drinking alcohol. I've shared it on the podcast before, so I won't go into my reason or my why for it. But since I've made this decision, when people ask, if I want a drink, an alcoholic one that is, I'm not having and hawing whether to have one in the moment or not, you know, like we so often do when we're on a diet, because it's an easy no. Thanks to my predetermined decision of no alcohol. I don't drink alcohol, right? Connecting to our purpose enables us to do this and it simplifies the amount of brain chatter we have to process because it removes the internal argument we so often have with ourselves. This is really important. So you might be wondering how you then connect to your purpose, your why, especially if you've only always thought of running in the context of losing weight or running a race to prove to yourself or others that you can. So to find your purpose, it starts with finding out why you want to run in the first place. But it doesn't end with the very first answer or first couple of reasons that pop up for you. 
In episode 57 called Your Why, I go into this and how to find your why. And this would be a great resource if you're new to this or you want to revisit how to connect to your purpose. But basically, you want to continue to inquire of yourself why you want to run until you get to a really heartfelt reason for wanting to run, something that's very personal to you, something that's very intrinsic to you. But like I said, go back and listen to episode 57. So today, I want to talk about seven steps to help you sustain your running habit past the finish line or insert any obstacle that has kept you from being consistent. So step number one is connecting to your purpose, like we just talked about. And in connecting to your purpose, you're also going to want to connect to this future version of yourself, right? The the person you're striving to become. This is super powerful, especially when you find that your motivation is sometimes lacking. If you connect to this future version of yourself, I like to do this by asking myself, what did she do to get to where she is now? Right? So we kind of think from a person that we haven't quite become yet. We kind of go there in our mind and we kind of just think, how did she get there? Right? Bird's eye view. How did she get there? What did she do? Sometimes we get lost in the weeds. And then if we can just kind of remove ourselves by thinking from this future version of ourselves, we almost get this bird's eye view of everything. And it kind of simplifies things. So connecting to the to your purpose and to the future version of yourself is very, very empowering. Step two is you must set a goal, right? So that you know what you're striving for. Don't get me wrong, it doesn't have to be a race goal. It can be anything. For me, I like to break it into a weekly goal, which breaks down to number of days I've run and the mileage I want to achieve. For you, it might be something different. Maybe you don't even want to do distance. Maybe you want to do, well, I want to get this many minutes in this many times a week, right? Because the reason you need to set a goal is that it'll direct your focus. In episode 58, I talk about your goal and the importance of connecting to your goal. And this might be a really good episode for you if you find yourself dreading setting goals. If you're somebody who set a lot of goals in the past but feel that you feel disappointment or shame around not having achieved your desired goals, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode 58 because I touch on a lot of of mind drama around setting goals in that episode. But just understand that a goal is just a goal. A goal is not a negative thing. It's not a I think it's a positive thing, but a goal is really just what we make it out to be in our mind. But it will direct your focus, right? It's like getting into your car and not knowing where you're going. You can't go anywhere if you don't have a goal, if you don't have a direction. Step number three is remember 
to celebrate your wins. It is so important that we don't do it enough. We kind of poo-poo our efforts. We always compare ourselves to others and, and feel that somebody's doing more than we are. So then all of a sudden we're downplaying our own efforts or we don't want to brag. We don't want to come off sounding like we're better than anybody else. But bottom line is celebrating our wins keeps our mindset positive and it helps running stay in a positive frame. And it's so important if we want to nurture this habit, right? We want to keep it in a positive mindset then. Definitely celebrate your wins, which is why I think so many of us runners love all these online communities, running communities, because we can we can post all our runs, we can post all our thoughts, and we are typically only met with positive comments from other runners also, right? Step four is create accountability. Accountability is is really important and it helps you clearly create a new habit and maintain your habit. As an example, I started my Facebook community train for a half marathon when I trained for my second half marathon. And I did so because I didn't really have any runners I was running with. And I wanted to have other runners and other like-minded people to interact with and to keep myself accountable to. And now in this community, there are literally thousands of people. So for you, what would that look like? You could join a running community online or in person, or just start by telling your friends, your family, maybe even your colleagues that you're that you're running, that you're a runner. Own it, even if it makes you a little uncomfortable. Step number five, take a good listen to your language, to your words around running that you use to describe running, that you use to think about running. Do the words you use make you feel good, positive, and inspired? Or are you noticing that there is a lot of negative energy embedded in your thoughts? Take a little time to jot your your thoughts, your, your words that you use down. Just notice for yourself what they're like. And then reframe how you think and speak about running if you notice that they're pretty negative. Even in in running communities, you'll see a lot of negative comments and thoughts. And I know they seem very innocent. And so what that we call it the struggle bus or that we call it the dreadmill. I mean, so what? It's just an expression, right? <laughs> That's what my kids will always tell me. But the, the thing about it is, and I, I talk about this so often, that our words create our thoughts, which create our experience, right? So we really can change the experience simply by changing the thoughts around it also, right? Step number six is don't break your chain. And what I mean by that is imagine that a typical training schedule, let's say it's a 12 weeks. I remember when I trained for my first half marathon, it was a 12 week schedule 
and I would go in and I would cross off every single time I ran. So I had all my runs laid out and every time I ran a race I would cross it off and pretty soon I had this chain of unbroken crosses, right? I wasn't running every single day, but I was running on the days I was supposed to and it became this unbroken chain. And it's just a really good visual. That's why I like to use it because you can then see for yourself right there that that it all does add up, right? That it does matter if you if you stick with your habit of going out, right? And that you don't break your chain. Now, I don't want you to think perfection over progress. So let's say you get out there and for whatever reason, either time or how you're feeling, you don't get your entire workout in and then you decide not even to go because you don't have the time. I would say no, just progress over perfection. It's better to get out for some time rather than not get out at all, right? Now this chain analogy works really, really well. And I want to give you an example. I actually used it with my youngest son, who's an eighth grader right now. He made the commitment to himself that he wanted to stop drinking pop at the beginning of the new year. I thought it was a great commitment. And the best thing was, it was something he decided. So of course, that's always better than me trying to teach him a new habit. Anyways, I wanted him to see how quickly this really added up for him. So I printed out a calendar of the entire year of 2023 for him, right? So it has all the months. Each month has one little square per day. And I told him, well, every day you don't drink a pop, put an X. And pretty soon you'll start seeing that you have a chain going. And so imagine now being a couple of months into this, he has a pretty long chain going. And his his commitment, his, what's the word I'm looking for here? His commitment to himself is going to be so much stronger now because he can see how much it's paid off and he doesn't want to break the chain. Whereas I think if there had not been a visual, it hadn't been as strong. So that's another idea for you to even print out a visual also, right? Step number seven. So the last step here is create a plan and identify obstacles. Something I've done with the clients in my runner's mind that one of our first meetings, we sit down and we talk about their plan for achieving their goal. And it's it's super important having a plan because that's choosing to become intentional. So you want to identify if there are any obstacles like changing work schedules or family obligations that might get in the way of your new habit or staying consistent with your habit, right? What I find with habits is that the thing that keeps me, that increases my chances of doing the activity is if I put it in my calendar so that it pops up and I see it, right? Because otherwise, pretty frequently, I'll end up forgetting it until at least it's become an ingrained behavior. And also in calendaring it, it actually serves another purpose. It sends the message to your brain that you take your health and wellness, you take your running as seriously as your other duties, right? So as an example, I've been an AM runner 
ever since I started running the early morning before anybody else gets up, which includes my husband and my two now teen boys and three dogs. <laughs> that has been my sacred me time. It's been the time in my day where typically I encounter the fewest obstacles other than getting out of bed. But I'm pretty accomplished at that now, 10 years into this whole morning routine thing. And so in the last year or so though, I've embraced afternoon running as well on the days when I didn't run in the morning for whatever reason, too cold comes to mind, or on days where I chose to double up and run twice. I think connecting to these seven steps empowers us as runners because we become intentional about our time and our choices. Sometimes it might seem easier to poo-poo being intentional, but reality is when we're not intentional, we have so many more decisions and choices every day, which causes a lot more overwhelm. What do you think, runner friend? Were these seven steps helpful? I want you to let me know. Send me an email. My email link is in the show notes. I want to know if these steps will help you sustain your running habit beyond the crossing the finish line. All right, runner friend, I want to end with a quote for you. It's by George Sheehan, and it goes like this. The obsession with running is really an obsession with the potential for more and more life. So good, right? All right, my wish for you this week is that you run happy. Now remember, go leave a review, please. Thank you, runner friend. See you next week. I'd like to tell you about a very special event I'm offering this summer. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel happier, more confident, and empowered while running, I invite you to join me this summer at the Running Align Body and Mind Women's Retreat right here in North Central Wyoming at the foothills of the majestic Bighorn Mountains. I'll personally work with you to help you how to take the chore out of running. The retreat will teach you that running can be a vital and enjoyable part of your life. But most importantly, the five-day in-person experience will help you connect to you. To learn more, see the link in our show notes. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.